Well, friends, here we are. As we just saw in uh, the video, 2018 is coming to a close and 2019 is upon us. I hope everyone here had a wonderful 2018. I know I did. Um, but who's excited for the new year? Who's excited for 2019? Yeah, yeah, me too. New years are always exciting, aren't they? There's new things. New things in general are exciting. But uh, a new year just seems to bring kind of a buzz about it and with it. And as we all prepare to celebrate, we ponder what the new year will bring. Um, I know I think about lots of things. Um, maybe you're thinking, will I find that dream job this year? Or not? Thanks, Talia. I did say dream job. I mean, beach inspector, you know, that's a legit job. Uh, maybe it'll be the year that we buy a house. Clearly, I'm on a beach theme. <clears throat> uh, maybe this is the year that you'll meet your future husband or wife. Or maybe it's the year that you start a family. Oh, you got a little stretched out. He's okay, though. So many things, so many new things come with a new year. And we often also make resolutions, things that we uh, commit to do that we want to do in the coming year. Uh, maybe it's to lose weight. I, I want to do that, but I also really love food, so I don't know if that's going to happen. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, maybe it's the year that we take that family vacation that we've always been talking about. Clearly, I want to go to the beach. <laughs> or maybe it's the year that we finally get on a budget. I knocked that one out this year. Thank you, Dave Ramsey. You are awesome. However, December was, was really rough, so I might need a, a refresher course. <clears throat> Christmas got the best of me. But uh, the new year is often the beginning of more than just another 365 days and a passing of seasons. It can bring with it a lot of other new things as well. And as I began preparing for the message today, I was pondering all these things. The upcoming new year, and I was wondering, what would 2019 bring? What would it look like? What new things would come about? And I asked the Lord what he wanted to say this week. And he told me, look at the new year. I said, well, Lord, I've, I've been doing that. <laughs> but I could sense that he meant more than just you know, what I'd already been thinking about. So uh, I started studying. And as I did that, the Lord brought me to the fact that the start of the new year that we celebrate and the biblical new year are different. So let's take a look at Exodus 12:1 through 7. Now the Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall be the beginning of months for you. It is to be the first month of the year to you. Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth of this month, they are each one to take a lamb for themselves, according to their father's households, a lamb for each household. Now if the household is too small for a lamb, then he and his neighbor nearest to him, uh, to his house, are to take one according to the number of persons in them. And according to what each man should eat, you are to divide the lamb. Your lamb shall be unblemished male, a year old. You may take it from sheep or from goats. You shall keep it until the fourteenth day of the same month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel is to kill it at twilight. Moreover, they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts, and on the lintel of the houses in which they eat. 
So this scripture is speaking of the Passover. And the Passover is when God told the Israelites to mark their doorposts with the blood of the Lamb so that when he went out into Egypt, he would see that and he would pass over those homes. Uh, Pharaoh was holding the Israelites captive and uh, he didn't want to let them leave. <clears throat> so if we look in Exodus 11.1, 1, it says, Now the Lord said to Moses, One more plague I will bring on Pharaoh and on Egypt. After that, he will let you go from here. When he lets you go, he will surely drive you out from here completely. Let's skip down to verse 4. Moses said, Thus says the Lord, About midnight I am going out into the midst of Egypt, and all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die. From the firstborn of, the Pharaoh, of Pharaoh, who sits on his throne, even to the firstborn of the slave girl, who is behind the millstones. All the firstborn of the cattle as well. <clears throat> so, as I'm looking through all this and seeing, okay, Passover is in the first month of the biblical new year as it's explained in Exodus and so I looked at our calendar and, and Passover in 2019 on our calendar is April 19th through the 27th which on the biblical calendar is called Abib and later called Nisan or I believe that's the correct pronunciation uh, the 15th through the 22nd um, on tw in 2020 it's April 8th through the 16th the 2021 March 27th through the 4th um, so why does it move around so much? Let's let's just take a quick look at the calendar. Thank you. Um, so as you can see, the month of Nisan or Abib falls across <clears throat> our March and April. But why do the Passover dates change from year to year? Um, it has some to do with the start of the biblical new year, and it has some to do with the shifting of our calendar with leap years and all of that. But the biblical calendar was based on lunar and solar cycles. And the first day of Abib started with the first new moon after the bar barley began to green. And so I found that interesting. And I looked at the word Abib and found that that was actually the definition of the word Abib. It's fresh, young barley ears, month of ear forming, of greening of crop, of growing green. So you can see that the start of the new year is as much about a condition that it is about a specific time. And the word sometimes references specific dates. It'll speak to, you know, first Nisan or first or tenth or uh, like with the Passover. But it also speaks of appointed times of the Lord. And the Lord pointed that out to me. And, and some of those appointed times are feasts. So there are seven feasts through the year, but the Lord kind of had me focused on Passover um, as it's the first feast in the month of Abib, the first month of the year, and the feast of harvest or first fruits. And I've just got a quick graphic to show you the seven feasts and kind of their chronological order throughout the year. <clears throat> um, so let's take a quick look at Leviticus 23. Uh, Leviticus 23, 3 through 11 says this For six days work may be done. But on the seventh day, there is a Sabbath of complete rest, a holy convocation. You shall not do any work. It is a Sabbath to the Lord in all your dwellings. These are the appointed times of the Lord, holy convocations which you shall proclaim at the times appointed for them. In the first month, on the fourteenth day of the month at twilight, is the Lord's Passover. Then on the fifteenth day of the same month, there is a feast of unleavened bread to the Lord. For seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. On the first day you shall have a holy convocation. 
You shall not do any laborious work, but for seven days you shall present an offering by fire to the Lord. On the seventh day is a holy convocation. You shall not do any laborious work. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the sons of Israel and tell them, say to them, When you enter the land which I am going to give you and reap its harvest, then you shall bring in the sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest to the priest. He shall wave the sheaf before the Lord for you to be accepted. On the day after the Sabbath, the priest shall wave it. So after Passover and the start of Abib, about 50 days, the barley would begin to green. Or about 50 days, sorry, about 50 days after the barley began to green, then they would have the, the feast of the harvest or first fruits. And they would present an offering to the Lord of two loaves of the, of the freshly gathered crop. And so the Lord is showing me all of this stuff. And I know, bear with me, there's a point. <laughs> so as I continued to study uh, the start of the year and the appointed times and seasons that the Lord had laid out, I found that there were several different words in the Bible that are translated as season as well. Um, three specifically. One is eth, which means time um, or occurrence. One is moed. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Which is appointed time or appointed place. And then the last one is kiros, which is due measure, opportune or seasonable time, the right time. So as I mentioned, I'm sure you're thinking, where are you going with this? And honestly, I was like in the same place. Lord, where, where are you going with this? This is really cool, and I'm appreciative that you're showing me all this stuff, but, but what are you trying to say? What do you want to say in all of this? And then he reminded me of something. So several weeks ago during prayer, the Lord had given me a picture. I know Christine was there, so she'll remember this, but um, it was a picture of a field. It looked... This is the closest thing I could find to, to what it looked like. Uh, definitely the, the soil, the way that it's just very, um, you know, manicured and, and clean and it looks healthy. But in my picture, you could also see the sun and a well. And as I saw this picture in my mind and the Lord was showing this to me, he gave me the impression that the soil was good and fertile. There's no rocks, there's no weeds, it's just, it's, it's good and fertile. And the sun represented the Son of God, Jesus, and he was shining down on this soil. And the well represented the Holy Spirit. And I just got this sense that the Holy Spirit was present and, and flowing. And then he asked me, what, what's missing? He showed me this picture, he gave me those impressions, and he said, what's missing? And as I journeyed down this path and took in all that the Lord was sharing with me, I asked him, what are, you, what are you saying in this? And then the Lord spoke and he said to me, like the month of Abib, this new year will be marked by growth. He reminded me of the picture he had given me and he said, the conditions are good. Prepare for the harvest. Friends, I, I truly believe the Lord showed me all this for a reason. And he always wants to bring in harvest. It's not like this is a new thing, but in this new year, there's a newness. There's just a growth that he wants to bring. I believe that the season that we're entering to in this year is, is kairos. It's opportune. It's seasonable. It's the right time. The Lord, he wants to bring harvest and growth in our church. 
in his kingdom just outside of our, our, our body here and, and within us. He wants to bring growth and new things and new life within us. I just found it very interesting that with the biblical new year came growth and harvest. And, and that's what he wants to bring in us. You know, the, the Israelites came into a new season at that time in coming out of Egypt. If you look, this is more study to do, but there are so many firsts, so many new things that come about in the biblical new year. Dig into that. There's a lot there. It's good stuff. But this year, that's what he wants to bring. From greening to maturity and ultimately the reaping of the harvest. And God has asked us to prepare. That's what he said. He said, prepare for the harvest. So how do we prepare? Well, fortunately, the Lord gave me a bunch of peas to help us out. So I'm going to share those. The, the first P that he gave me was purpose our hearts to obedience. God wants to bring growth and harvest, but there is work to be done. There is a part that we play. Now, he brings the increase, but he also asks us to labor with him. We are co-laborers of Christ. And for this time of growth to be best realized, we have to be obedient to what God asks of us. With growth comes growing pains. With stretching comes discomfort. But the result is worth it. He wants to grow our church. He wants to grow his kingdom. And he wants to grow us. He wants us to be more fruitful. And he wants to use all of us in this process. We just need to trust him and be quick to respond to what he asks of us. The Lord reminded me of a word that has come forth in our church this year several different times. And I thought about it and I was going to reach out to Mark to see if he remembered. But um, it doesn't matter. It came forth from a couple of different people. And uh, I believe it's, it's just right in line. And it's uh, Isaiah 54, 2 through 3. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. Spare not. Lengthen your cords and lengthen your pegs. For you will spread abroad to the right and to the left. And your descendants will possess nations and will resettle the desolate cities. And I believe that's what he wants to do with us, guys. But will we let him? Will we enlarge the place of our tents? Will we allow the Lord to stretch us out? Will we uproot our tent stakes? I know in pre-service prayer this morning, we were talking about just this, we get comfortable in this place, and we're happy, and everything's as it should be. But the Lord wants to uproot some things, and He wants to stretch us out. He wants us to make room for more. Will we spread out and allow the Lord to help us resettle desolate cities? Guys, God has put us in Erie to do that. Erie and the surrounding areas. To bring his word, to bring his love, to take ground for the kingdom, and to gather his harvest. So as we enter this season, let's just let's just purpose our hearts to obedience. Let's be ready for what he wants to do in and through us. How he wants to use us. He wants to bring newness. And he wants to bring growth. The next P he gave me is pray. He always wants us to pray. Even when he tells us what he wants to do, how he wants to do it, he wants us to pray into that. 
<clears throat> Matthew 9:35 through 38 says this. Jesus is going through all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every kind of disease and every sickness. Seeing the people, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. One of the things he wants us to pray for is workers. The harvest is plentiful. He wants to bring more, but it's already plentiful. So we need to be praying that the Lord would add workers to our body for this work that he wants us to do. If the Lord is bringing in an abundant harvest this year, we need to be ready. We need people here and ready to point people to Jesus. And we have that, but we need more. To come alongside new believers as they come in and help them begin their journey and their walk with the Lord. So let's be praying for that, guys. We also need to be praying for our town. In that last verse, it said, Seeing the people, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. Guys, those that don't know Jesus desperately need him. And we need to be praying for them. We need to pray them in. He wants to send them, but we also need to pray them in. We need to pray that they come in and they come to know Jesus. We need to pray for them as we meet them, as we go about our days and we're at the store or wherever we are. Be quick to do that. We need to pray that God would soften and open hearts in our town to Him. That they would come into our church and and other churches in this town for that matter and into relationship with Him. And we need to pray about how God wants to use us. He wants to use us all in greater ways. He wants uh, us to be workers in his harvest field. And so we need to pray about what that looks like for each of us. What, what new thing does he want you to do this year? Does he want you to do something that you're not comfortable with? I'm certain he does. <clears throat> you know, not everyone's comfortable when they see someone in the grocery store and you can just tell they're having a rough day and the Lord tells you to pray and there's this hesitance. But guys... We need to be quick. We need to be obedient and we need to pray. We need to take advantage of those opportunities that he puts in front of us. Who does he want us to minister to? What relationships does he want us to foster? We need to be praying about that too. So let's be praying for the harvest, for the workers, for those that Jesus is growing, and for how he wants to use us. The next P he gave me is a double P. He liked P's this week. This one was plant with persistence. Friends, we live in a reaping and a sowing world. And we can reap of things that we did not sow. We can. Like a tree planted by prior generations that we now get to reap of its shade. It wasn't planted by us, but we get to benefit from it years later. And the same can be said of the harvest. We can reap what we didn't sow, and we should. John 4, 31-38 says this, Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples were saying to one another, No one brought him anything to eat, did he? And Jesus said to them, 
My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Do you not say, there are yet four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, that they are white for harvest. Already he who reaps is receiving wages and is gathering fruit for eternal life, so that he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For in this case the saying is true, one sows and another reaps, I sent you to reap that which you have not labored. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labor. So we can enter into others' labor. We can harvest what we did not plant, and we should. But God wants us to plant as well. Because we live in a reaping and a sowing world, and while we can reap what we haven't sown, it has to be sown. It has to be sown before it can be reaped. And we need to contribute to both of those things. I am thankful for those that came before us. There have been churches in this town long before we got here. And they've done a lot of work. And we've reaped of, of their work. I'm thankful that we're going to benefit from that. But God has called us to Erie and the surrounding area as well. And he wants us to sow. And we may not see all of the fruit of our labor right now. But if we sow with persistence, it will come to harvest. We must plant God's word and we have to do so in abundance. I do believe that we will see a lot of fruit from our labor in the near term. I believe that. I believe God is speaking that. He wants to bring forth growth and harvest and he wants to do so now. And he has said the conditions are good. But we still have to trust him for the increase. 1 Corinthians 3, 5-8 says this, What then is Apollos, and what is Paul? Servants through whom you believed, even as the Lord gave opportunity to each one. I planted, Apollos watered, but God was causing the growth. So then neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but God who causes the growth. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, but each will receive his own reward according to his own labor. We plant, we water, but the increase comes in God's timing. And I do feel strongly that this season we are entering is, is his timing. I don't know any other reason that we, he would have given me all of the things that he gave me and showed me the start of the year and the, and the crops and all of those things. I mean, the Lord gave that to me for a reason. I believe that we're coming into a Kairos season, seasonable and opportune. The right time for an abundant harvest. But regardless of what we see, we sow. Luke 8, 5 through 8 says this The sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell beside the road, and it was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air ate it up. Other seed fell on rocky soil, and as soon as it grew up, it withered away, because it had no moisture. Other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it out. Other seed fell into the good soil and grew up and produced a crop a hundred times as great. And he said these things he would call out, He who has ears, let him hear. Guys, we plant and we sow no matter the condition of the soil. Why? Because when the word does germinate, it's not a one-for-one -one transaction. 
there's a multiplication that occurs. It produces a crop a hundred times as great. So we just sow. We just sow. None of it goes to waste. It's all provided by the Lord. In preparing for the harvest, He wants us to plant. And He wants us to do so with persistence and and abundance. We need to share the Word of God with everyone we meet. We need to invite our friends and neighbors to church. We need to spread the Word. Our efforts won't be in vain. His Word does not return void. Isaiah 55, 10 and 11 says this, For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there without watering the earth and making it bare and sprout and furnishing seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so will my word, which goes forth from my mouth, it will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. So guys, let's plant with persistence and trust God for the increase. Planning is work. It is. But God will bring growth, and we will see it in due time. As we sow seed and plant the Word into people's lives, we can trust that God is using it. His Word doesn't return void. Maybe they don't accept Jesus right then and there. But God's Word is doing something. Maybe the soil of their heart just isn't ready. But maybe His Word is softening ground, removing stones, pulling out weeds. We don't always know. But we can trust that God's Word is accomplishing what He sent it forth to do. He said so in Scripture. We're not always the last link in the chain. We don't always get to see the day that someone says yes to the Lord. But we plant and we water with faith. And if we don't grow weary... We'll see it come forth. So let's not grow weary in, in this season as we prepare for the harvest. Galatians 6, 9 says, Let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. In due time we will reap. I know some of us have been planting and planting and planting and sowing for years, and it can get discouraging when we don't see fruit, but... But don't grow weary. Plant and water and trust. Trust. Trust God to bring the growth. The next P that the Lord gave me was prune. This one makes people cringe sometimes. Because pruning can be hard. I feel this one's really more for us that already know the Lord. And I say that because pruning requires trust. If you've placed your life and trust in Jesus, He wants to make you more fruitful and He wants to do some pruning. And I believe in this season, God wants to bring growth in us and pruning is required. We have to trust God in this process and allow Him to do it. John 15, 1 and 2 says this, I am the true vine and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit he prunes so that it may bear more fruit. Guys, there are new and amazing things that God wants to grow in us. So let's allow him to cut away what he needs to cut away 
so that the new things won't get choked out, so that they can mature and we can harvest of their goodness. What are the things that need cut away in this season? Maybe you already know. Maybe you don't. If you're uncertain, ask the Lord. He'll tell you. We don't have to fear God's pruning. He won't cut away too much. He's a master gardener. We just have to trust Him. You know, the Lord gave us free will. And He's not forceful. We have to allow Him to prune. We have to submit to Him and let Him have every branch within us. Just give it all to Him. Guys, God only has good for us. So if there's something that He wants to cut away, it's, it's for your good. It really is. He wants to produce good fruit in our lives. You know, I believe that we can prune each other as well. Now, before you get too excited, it's not what you think. Let's not go grab these bad daddies up here. I don't want anyone saying, hey, pastor said we can prune each other, and my friend, you have some branches that need trimming. Let me get my, my giant trimmers. That's not what I'm saying. First of all, pruning is a precision job. <laughs> it requires a, a smaller, more precise tool, more like this guy. It's like one-handed. It looks giant up there, but it's, it's much smaller, trust me. Pruning each other is, is a bit different. God lovingly points out the dead things in our lives, and, and he asks us to allow him to take it. But with us, it can be dangerous if we're not careful. We don't want to grab the big shears. This isn't about finding fault with your brother or sister. It's about encouraging them with the Word of God and through doing life together. Here's what I'm talking about. Proverbs 27:17. Iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. I think we all have people in our lives that make us better people. The iron-on-iron sharpening is like pruning. It's removing unneeded material so that we can be sharper and more useful. This isn't a disc grinder or some sort of power tool. It's it's through doing life together and encouraging each other with His Word. It's gentle and it's loving. I have several friends like this in my life, uh, and one of them is a buddy of mine named Dion Williams. Uh, He doesn't live in Colorado anymore. He moves around a lot. I think he's in Florida currently, but he's kind of a elusive duty. He kind of moves and doesn't keep in touch very well. If you're listening, bro, give me a call, punk. I want to hear from you. But uh, you just have to know him. He called me sucker trash, so I don't know. <laughs> he's, a, he's a good dude. But uh, Dion came into my life early in my walk with the Lord, and he definitely pruned me and sharpened me. But this wasn't some intentional act. Not that it can't be intentional. It can be. He may have not even known that he was doing it. But he didn't point out my faults or tear me down or, you know, rebuke me. That's not how he sharpened and pruned me. He lifted up the name of Jesus. Spending time with him and just hearing him talk about Jesus, seeing how he lived his life, how he loved his wife, how he followed Jesus. Just talking about the Word of God. That sharpened me. Hebrews 4.12 says this, 
For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of the soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Talk about iron sharpening iron. The, the word of God is the best sharpening tool. Dion's love for Jesus and his, and his word, that sharpened me. Just talking about the word. We'd sit around for hours and just talk about the word. I'm so grateful for our time together. And guys, we all need people like this in our lives. People that just being around them makes us a better person. We see our Father in them, and it produces stuff in us, godly things. makes us look more like our Father. We need people that encourage us and help us see God's perspective when we aren't seeing clearly. That sharpen and prune us just by being around us. That will just hang out and talk about the Word. If you don't have someone like that in your life, seek one out. It's an amazing thing. And be that friend for someone else. Because God wants to bring growth in us. He'll do it. He'll prune. He'll cut away. But he'll, he'll use us to bring that about in each other as well. And the last P that God gave me was pick. I don't really like the word, but it fell in with the P's. But this is the reaping. The realization of the harvest. And friends, it's ready now. It's ready now. But there's more to come. The picking, the harvesting. It's, an, it's just awesome to be a part of that. Sometimes we get to plant, sometimes we get to water, but then sometimes we get to pick. We get to harvest. We get to see the day that somebody says yes to Jesus, and it's beautiful. It's an amazing thing. So what is God asking of us here? Simply to, to make that invitation. Invite people into relationship. Ask them if they're ready to say yes to Jesus. We do this every week at Impact Rock, and this week week won't be any different. Friends, Jesus is always inviting his people into relationship with him. And we're all his people, even those that don't know him. So for us, let's not miss an opportunity to do the same. He wants to bring growth this year. He wants to grow our church, his kingdom, and he wants to grow all of us. To prepare for the harvest, all of these elements are needed. So let's purpose our hearts to obedience this season. Let's pray for the harvest that God wants to bring. Let's plant with persistence and sow in abundance. Let's allow God to prune us and bring forth new things in our lives. And let's pick, guys. Let's invite people into relationship with their loving Father. Let's embrace what God has for us in this coming year.